Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. I know we say that over and over and over and over and over again, but I don't think we can we can overemphasize the importance of us being in God's word regularly, consistently. It has eternal consequences for us. Now, we encourage you to help others in your life grow in their faith by sharing these short studies with them every day through, t- through, t- uh, through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith, come to God, be saved, get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today with everybody you can. We're coming close to bringing this particular section of our overall study on heart troubles to a conclusion. Now this this particular section, we'll have some more heart troubles that we'll focus on after this one, but we've been looking at these kind of in, in a succession kind of fashion. We've talked about all kinds of problems of the heart. Again, we're not talking about the physical heart with all the problems like, like uh, you know, blockages and, and uh, you know, weaknesses and heart attacks and things. That's, that's all physiological. We're not talking about that heart. We're talking about the, our heart from a spiritual perspective, who we are, what we think, what our values are, our spiritual, our spiritual reality and identity our conscience, our guide, okay? So we're talking about problems of the heart from a spiritual perspective. So we've talked about anger. I'm sorry, we've talked about hatred and laziness. We've talked about gossip. We've talked about worry, unforgiveness, ungodly pride, our tendency to make harsh judgments on a regular basis, being really super critical and fault-finding toward other people. All of these, all of these begin with the heart. We've talked about how Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 18 and verses 18 and 19 that all kinds of, of sinful and wicked practices and really bad language and saying things that are ugly and hateful and, and insulting, they come from the heart. They come from the heart. They're products of who we are from our heart, what our, what our mindset is, what we've conditioned our heart to be. Well, in this particular section of this study, we're talking about anger. And anger is not only something that is, using an old Southern expression, ugly. You don't want to be around an angry person, a person who's angry all the time. That, that's a downer, you know, and you have to always be on your, 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 your tiptoes or your, watch your P's and Q's because you might say something that sets them off. And now you're in a confrontation. And sometimes those confrontations become physical quickly. And how many people are in jail for murdering somebody who were not motivated to murder that person because of anger? How many physical altercations get started because of anger? How many wars are engaged and entered into because of anger? How many families break up or 
or family relationships are, are destroyed because of anger? How many divorces take place because of anger between spouses? You see, the devil is skillful in leading us into, into states of mind or problems of our heart that where we don't control ourselves and we let negative emotions and negative behaviors take over. And anger is one. Anger does not just stay by itself. Anger becomes violent. Anger becomes hatred. Anger becomes even, in, in many cases, murderous. So we need to stop we need to think, we need to recognize when we're starting to boil up with anger, and we need to put it in check and get it under control. We looked at many scripture texts that outwardly condemn anger. It'll keep us out of heaven if we don't keep it under control. So here's the question for us. In our last couple of sessions together in this particular study, how can we diffuse overcome? How can we guard against anger? How can we deal with anger that is so prevalent around us? We see it everywhere. In our culture, this is the angriest culture I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I've been here for a while. It Anger, hatred is everywhere. If you don't agree with me, what I say, what I think, then, then, then you're to be hated. You're to be, you're to be destroyed. Hateful anger, bitterness. It's all around us. We see it. We hear it all the time. The devil's always looking for an avenue down which he can lead us into sin and away from God. And if anger can effectively be used to serve his desire to do that, to lead us into sin, then he will work on our self-control. He will strive to provoke us to anger. The Apostle Paul warned the Ephesians to deal quickly and effectively with any anger that might develop in their lives. He wrote, be angry and do not sin. So he says, look, take care of it quickly, tamp it down, get it under control. Deal with whatever the source might be, deal with it productively, deal with it you know, in, in a forthright fashion, but as a Christian. And then he goes on and says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. If you let anger abide in your thinking, in your mindset, in your heart, the devil will work through that to lead you farther and farther down that path of destruction that such anger can lead you into. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. Letting anger abide in one's heart gives the devil place in that person's heart, providing him with opportunity to work on that individual from the inside out. Now think about how scary a thought that should be. Paul went on to instruct the Ephesians, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth and to not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, Ephesians 4, 29 and 30. Now, what happens when a person gets angry? They often, in fact, probably most of the time, they will lash out with angry words. 
and a whole lot of time, it'll be almost an automatic that they will start cursing and using profanity and vulgarity and even using God's name and Jesus' name in vulgar ways, emphasizing their loss of control over their anger. Hmm. As we noted earlier, anger contributes to other sinful actions, including language, as we just mentioned, that should not be characteristic of a Christian. Anger will lead us to do things and act in ways and speak in ways that Christians should not be doing, should not be thinking, should not be engaged in, should not be speaking like those or in those ways. Anger. We don't control it. It'll lead us into other sins. Paul continued, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Ephesians 4 and verse 31. Now think about that. So how can we diffuse? How can we overcome? How can we guard against anger? Number one, be on guard. Be on guard to recognize when anger is starting to well up within us. Number two, cultivate a loving heart. Love is the antidote for anger. We need to be actively on guard against anger. We need to recognize when it begins to develop within us, and then we need to take active steps to keep it under control and ultimately to put it away from us because it is destructive in nature if we let it abide. One effective means of accomplishing this is to purposefully cultivate a loving character. Paul addresses exactly this topic in Ephesians chapter 4, again, verses 32 through chapter 5 and verse 2. He wrote, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave and, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Again, Ephesians 4, verse 32 through chapter 5 and verse 2. Think about if God reacted toward our sinfulness automatically in an anger that destroyed us, we'd have no hope. We'd have no hope. But instead, God responded toward us, toward our sinfulness in love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3 and verse 16, God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8, cultivate a loving heart. It is difficult for anger to remain, to remain in a heart that is focused on love. We'll look at number three next time as to how to diffuse, overcome, and guard against anger taking us over. Let's pray. Father, help us to be 
the examples of Christianity that you want us to be. And therefore, help us, Father, to recognize when anger is starting to well up within us and to tamp it down, to keep it under control, and to temper it with an attitude, a mindset of a conditioned, loving heart. Help us to be the example of Christian love to the world around us, to everybody around us, and to not let anger take us over, to not give the devil that place in our heart where he can work through anger. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.